This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This episode has been brought to you by TheDrop.com, where culture, fashion, home, and skate meet. Don't forget to apply code HEARASAP on orders over $100 before you check out. That is H-E-A-R-A-S-A-P. A-S-A-P. You tapped into ASAP, another shot on a podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, follow or subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and write a review. I have my longtime friend, Al Reynolds of Foxhole, TGIF, tapped into ASAP for the first episode of 2021. Happy New Year, man. What's going on, Al? Yo, what's going on, Sean Allen? You know, it's crazy. I was thinking about an introduction. I said, how am I going to introduce this dude? I was going to call you a brand ambassador, philanthropist, media personality, business mogul. Like, what are we... What's your title? All, all of the above. Today, let me see. Which which Al are you talking to today? Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you know, I've done a lot of different things. You know, I'm uh, investment banker, turn professor, turn corporate strategist, brand strategist uh, in the sports and entertainment space. But, you know, I'm multifaceted, right? So I do a lot of different things. So let's just say I like a uh, perpetual entrepreneur. How about that? I like that too. I mean, what made the most money? <laughs> yeah. That's, what um, that's a good question. I would say probably banking has made me my most money, but strategy business has kept me, you know, feeding myself for the last 15 years, to be honest with you. So, and it's something that I really enjoy. Um, however, I'm tired of making everybody else rich and everybody else wealthy. And it's time for me to kind of focus inward. For 2021 especially after 2020 just taught us all how we need to kind of focus on ourselves instead of depending on anybody for anything that was one of the biggest lessons i took from 2022 mm-hmm. everything was shut down so we had no choice but to kind of tap into our inner self and figure out and take advantage of the time we've had so it's sure. pretty dope that you said that because that's been a journey i've been on and that's been one of the biggest takeaways from 2020 was that one of your biggest takeaways from 2020 i don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate but i worked through the pandemic 
So the ninth largest retailer in the country hired me to do a project that started right before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, they were going to get their money, right? <laughs> so they were right, like, right. I don't care. Like, as long as this, the country's still alive and the country's still existing, you're coming to work and you're gonna, we're going to get our money from you. But what it did teach me as I watched thousands, hundreds of thousands, and now millions of people uh, who go to everyday jobs, uh, have those jobs shut down and not able to feed their families. It just really kind of threw me into a whole different perspective mentally on how we need to teach each other how to be perpetual entrepreneurs and how to survive if anything was ever to happen like this again and there not be a vaccine or there not be uh, a, a resolution to it, right? So, right. you know, and just watching the devastation of disease, devastation of unemployment, uh, really, really, really has, you know, forced me to say, hey, I need to teach people what I know. Um, so I'm, that's one of the reasons why I said, yeah, let's do this podcast. Let's talk about some real stuff. Let's, let's dig deep. Let's empower people to because everybody's got to feel it right everybody's got to feel the wrath of this situation this pandemic this divisive presidential uh administration we've all had to feel that as a person of color as a man of color especially so um yeah it's given me a new it's given me a new drive to breathe air more into myself than air into anybody else that's not focusing on helping me and my community yeah i feel that man that's that's pretty commendable too because i mean you don't have to do that you know you self-employed making all this money and you know you have this brand al reynolds has been a brand in the public eye for you know over a decade media personality i mean you've been on several shows you know brand ambassador or is that where we're calling it brand ambassador no uh, no no brand strategist <laughs> brand strategist <laughs> on on fox they started out brand ambassador but i am a corporate strategist but i've worked with major brands so you can call me a brand strategist you can call me a corporate strategist you can call me a perpetual entrepreneur <laughs> what's another <laughs> word sean for perpetual like uh habitual entrepreneur but i don't know if that that i don't know if that sounds right but i, I mean walking money sounds better right <laughs> this, man is, this, this man's gonna I'll make me a lot of money i'm gonna help you get there right <laughs> right 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 you mentioned the vaccine man are you taking the vaccine i'm absolutely taking the vaccine um and i know that there's a lot of you know of discrepancy in the u.s government and vaccines and you know obviously what they did to us back in the day with the tuskegee situation and um you know all, all, everything you can there are so many examples that you can pull on whether it was united states base or in other countries but as it relates to me and my comfortable my comfortability with this pandemic and this I guess you would call disease. Is it a disease? But let me be technical to cut you off. COVID-19 is a disease caused by SARS. So it is a disease. So it is a disease. Okay. So yeah. Right. The disease. I I feel like for me, 
I always want to be preventative and I want to protect me. So if this is going to help me be preventative and protect me from, you know, something that could kind of affect my ability to feed myself and my family, then I have a, a responsibility to do it. So even if I have to use myself as a sacrificial lamb so that I can continue to feed my family and serve the role that I serve, then I'm going to do it. I definitely agree with you. Uh, we both share the same sentiments and thoughts on that. I believe in science and, you know, if me taking this vaccine, being one of the first, you know, millions of people to take this vaccine is going to make things better for everybody else in my family and in myself, I'm willing to sacrifice myself for, for health, for safety, for, for yeah. normalcy, for, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah, but you know, we, we do definitely have to acknowledge the, the history with the medical community and African-American community in this country right. and probably globally, you know, with black people and, you know, medical community. But yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. We understand the experimentation that science and drugs and the government have played and used the, the African-American community on it. But this is a disease. Now that we know that it's a disease, this is a disease that's, that is having a great effect on our community. It is disproportionately killing more of us, right? Right. And I just feel like we've got to do whatever we can to stop that, period, right? Like, so if that means that I have to take this, vac that's this vaccine to stop you from killing me for right now, then I'm going to take this vaccine because you're not. I, it's not time for me to go yet. I got too many things to do. I got too many people to influence. So I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take the back. Oh yeah. I agree with you. You know, we're disproportionately affected by this, you know, when it comes to health and when it comes to, you know, working, you know, our jobs and stuff, we, most of us, yeah. unfortunately are the essential workers or are the workers right. who don't have the ability to work from home. And, you know, I'm sorry to say, I feel like we're not taking it serious. I feel like the other people are taking it more serious than us. I look at Atlanta and, and Miami and, they're off the you chain. know, I've been, to, I've been to both places during this pandemic and it is, it, they are off the chain. Uh, it's, it's interesting because the African-American community is so resilient. Like we right. push through because we live in uh disease state. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. We 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 deal with diabetes. We deal with high blood pressure. We deal with congestive heart failure. We because of our lack of access to health care and, and 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 equal health care that 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 help us live longer lives, we're used to being in a state of disease. And we've always been resilient in our state of disease. So I think that's kind of where they are with it. Like, okay, bring it on. It's just another, it's just another something that we got to just push through and overcome if I get it. I feel like that's the mindset that a lot of people of color are having. But I, I'm liking the fact that we're being educated through the people that are getting it in our community that are being vocal and telling people, hey, this is something still that we need to take very serious because it's killing more of us than it is of them. So because we've already had a disproportionate amount of our uh, number of our community members who don't have health care, have underlying conditions, and we're going to get knocked out quicker than anybody else that gets disease. So, 
Yeah, yeah we are. I think I read that they said like 50,000 African-Americans died of COVID since mm-hmm. March. And, you know, what we were at, like a little over 200,000 in the country, 50,000 mm-hmm. of them are African-American black people. That definitely is alarming. And I mean, I agree with you why it appears that some of us or some of our communities within the African-American um, spectrum are not taking it serious. I feel like there's a layer of it, of the lack of education. And that could be because of the lack of resources and, you know, no health care, X, Y, and Z. But I really do think that a lot of it is ignorance and a lot of it is choosing to not, you know, educate. and be educated mm-hmm. on, you know, the effects of COVID and, you know, what it's doing to our communities. And unfortunately, you know, in this country, most of us live in these states where the laws are a little bit more lax when it comes to like healthcare and um, COVID and restrictions and following CDC guidelines. We live in the South, you know what I mean? We live in Georgia, mm-hmm. we live in, you know, Florida, we live in, you know, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi. and th- you know, that's not helping at all either. You know what I mean? With these numbers that we see African-Americans. But I, I do think do you, that... Do you, um, really think, do you really think, though, I, I'm, I'm listening to you. I guess maybe you're right. I, I always kind of teeter because COVID has been all over Instagrams. It's been all over, like, pop culture, um, conversation. Um, it's always been, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Do you really think we have a lack of education of knowing about the COVID? Yeah. Ignorance, uh, lack of education people, you know, I mean, I look at, I'm not putting nobody's business out there, but you know, like we say, Atlanta is wide open, you know, people are still having new year's parties. People are still, you know, gathering in large groups. People are still having album release parties, you know, it's, You know, and, you know, unfortunately, the culture we live in, we're very influenced by, you know, the celebrity. And with that, you know, we are trying to mimic them and, you know, not taking it serious. If we don't, if we see, you know, Playboy Cardi having an album release party or Tiana Taylor having, you know, a 500 plus. Birthday birthday party. Yeah, right. And in Miami. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, so it's like. These, Trey Song's having his concert still in venues, and he got yeah. He and shout out to them, so. you know. <laughs> shout out to Tana Taylor and Trey Songs and all these people. They got to make their money, but you know they influence the culture and the people as well. You know what I mean? That's and true. we, a lot of us too, we live in multi generational settings. We live, you know, with our grandparents or our grandparents. Stay. We don't put our old people in homes. You know, we put them in the back room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, right. So right, it's right. like we live in these multi-generational settings. I think that people who aren't wearing masks and, okay, who cares if you believe COVID is real or not? We're not even talking about the validity of the disease, you know, or the vaccine or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, want, I want it to be normal as possible. You know, I want to go back to work. I want to go to the grocery store. I want to go to concerts and stuff. So if all that takes is for me to just wear a mask to get things back normal as possible as soon as possible why are people having such a hard time with that like you know what i mean like how hard is it for people just to wear a mask like mm-hmm. that it it doesn't kill you it doesn't hurt you it's there's no harm behind 
tying a bandana around your face. I mean, the plus of wearing a mask is like, I don't have to shave as often because, <laughs> you know, my face is covered. What, what, why are people having such a hard time just wearing a mask? I'm just, I'm not understanding. What do you think that's about? People getting put out of airplanes. So I know that's been that's been so that's been so interesting to me because you know there's a part that I feel like a, there's a portion of the population that is like okay the president is is defiant to the CDC and and, and science so so are we and then I just feel like there's a portion of the population that's just like. You don't tell me what I need to do and what I need to do with my body and, and the choices that I make in my life, almost like a pro-choice type of thing. And then there's a segment of the population in my mind that don't, that don't, because it hasn't affected them or they don't know someone that is affected by it, that they don't believe that there's this airborne disease that if not taken seriously and treated correctly could, could have adverse effects on your health. I feel like there's like a couple and there might be a couple more buckets in there, but I think there's there's just people that don't like being told what to do with their bodies and their life choices. There's a group that doesn't believe that, you know, it's going to get them. And then there's a group that's saying, damn, if the president doesn't believe, if the president doesn't feel like science is, is telling them, you know, that he needs to be alter his behavior and wear a mask, then why the fuck should we? Because there's that middle part, there's that middle America. Now, you know, Sean, we've seen yesterday should tell us that there's a middle part of America that really are stupid. <laughs> and oh, oh, really, definitely. that really listens to people that they feel have power. And that power, if abuse could turn into a cult-like environment and behavior that could be detrimental for millions. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. But even outside of like the health aspect of COVID, we we can't we can't do shit. We can't go outside. We can't travel. We can't, you know. So just on the strength of that, if they say wear a mask or you do X, Y, and Z, why are people having such a hard time? It's it's affecting everybody. Whether you know someone who you know had it, overcame it, died from it, it's affecting all of us in one way or another. Whether it's our you know, economics, work, you know, unemployment, like it's affecting all of us. And if this, if a solution is to just wear a mask. Right. Why I'm won't you do it? Like I thought, look at it. I don't, I don't yeah. understand that either because we're, we have the highest unemployment numbers than we've ever seen. We've seen pullback in certain industries like hospitality and food, you know, dining restaurants and stuff like that. Hos uh, uh, hotels. Like we've seen, all of them get hit dramatically to the point where 70% of them won't return or won't be able to return. I don't understand it either because the people that work in those environments are the ones that are choosing not to wear the mask. So it's very interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. How has the climate been in DC since from yesterday until today? Like, like what, what is in the air? Like how, how does it feel going outside or, have you been outside? Like that was the well, wildest I, thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, the wildest thing you ever seen in your life is this Black Lives Matter, this Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement. That's one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my life. 
uh, watching for for centuries, for years, since the beginning of time, especially since the founding of the United States, we've always hidden the true um, the true disrespect that they've played, you know, played on African Americans in this country. So the Black Lives Matters movement was probably the most incredible day that I've ever witnessed in my life because no one could hide that. No one could hide it any longer, the disparities that exist in not just in law enforcement, <laughs> but just right. in it just in life in general, like just the disparity of how black people are really treated and how we've been saying it for centuries, this is what's going on. And for centuries, they've been covering it up. And someone finally gave us a peek behind the curtain. That was probably some of the craziest things I've ever seen. I live in Southwest DC. I live near the Capitol. I also, you know this, I live right there on Black Lives Matters Lane. Being here the last year has changed my life. I, it's been like an emotional roller coaster because I've seen people of all walks come to Washington, D.C. to support the Black Lives Matter movement. And I've seen an administration pretend like it never happened. Um, now, yesterday, to me, although I was extremely upset and it just like got down in the core of my soul that I just wanted to like physically hurt people because if it like, you know, everyone has been saying this today, if that was anybody black of color or, or black yeah. people, just black people, just anybody of color, even Muslims, they would never have been dealt with in that fashion. Period. 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 Is no discussion. No one can make up. No one can hide that anymore. So once again, we got another peek behind, peek behind the curtain. The thing that, that, I liked though was I loved watching those white people swing from the banisters because they look like white monkeys to me. I love <laughs> watching them. They did. I, I love watching them scale the wall because they just look like they were just they were just who America actually is, and no oh, one definitely. could no longer no one could no longer could make up it. excuses for who we know that we've had to deal with. For hundreds of years. Now right. it's on front page. And I loved it. I loved every second of the exposing of who these true white Americans are. I loved every second of it. I loved them um, feeling like that they had a privilege that it could never be touched or it could never be judged because they were white and they had that privilege. And uh, now even their own are now disowning them. Yeah, so that, yeah, that, that, was, that was that's the plus of that. Uh, but like we all know, like we've all said in the last two days, if it was anything relating to black people or Muslims, we'd have all been dead. It would, it would have been a whole different situation. And I am loving, I'm enjoying this administration forcing america to see its true self and what it was right. built on and it has now taken a turn in my mind after yesterday of white privilege to white disgust and right. no one can hide it any longer and so i to me i was excited 
to watch them continuously show who they really are. So that that's that's the, that's the positive spin that I'm going to put on it, Sean. Because there's a part of me that's so damn upset that I could I could physically hurt somebody if the wrong thing is said to me while I'm walking in these streets out here in DC. Yeah, and it was on it every international. <laughs> The front page of every international news publication everywhere for the world to see. So that definitely was a plus. And like Tamika Mallory said yesterday on Twitter, this is not our business. This is not <laughs> this our is fight. Not our this fight. Is not, y'all, y'all stay at home. Don't get mixed in there. But you know what? I loved, I love, 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 love because they had no choice but to cover it. They had no choice but to unveil the truth. And that was the best part. Like every media outlet had to talk about it this morning. And you saw from what I felt that came out of the the media, what I felt was they were so embarrassed. They were so upset that people showed their true color that they had no choice but to denounce it. Right. Like they had no choice. But like, let's just get rid of this man. He has he has really. I have black friends. I have, you know what I'm saying? You know what you always say? I have black friends. No, you can't even hide behind that no more. Because what we saw is beyond, we saw beyond that. So to me, this is a time of celebration. This is a time of celebration. This is going to force that new administration to step up to, to the plate and deal with what has been ignored for centuries, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. They now have it at the top of their agenda and they cannot ignore it. And I'm happy about it. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree with you that I was telling one of my partners yesterday that, you know, she was saying that the Trump flags, the Trump flags and the MAGA hats. And I told her, I told her, I was like, that's that's a new Confederate flag. What that has everything to do with is what it represents. White supremacy. Um, upholding white supremacy, you know, racism, hate. That's that's the new Confederate flag. We got rid of the Confederate right. flag. We replaced it with MAGA hats and a Trump that's flag. Right. So, see, that's he not made going it legal. Anywhere. No, he yeah. made it legal. He made it. He made it okay. He right. just he he just made it. He just I don't know if, it, if I can he rebranded the he, Confederate flag. He rebranded. Re- that's exactly what he did. He rebranded the KKK, the Confederate flag. He rebranded everything to make it okay. Now, this is what's so interesting. He was at my wedding. Um, In addition to him being at my wedding. Wait, he was at your wedding? He was at my wedding. Him and Melania was at at my wedding. I was at his wedding to Melania. Right, right, I used to have dinner. I used to have dinner with Donald Trump and Robert, his brother, at least once a month, we 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 were on each other's calendar at at minimum once a month. But obviously, we would hang out if we attended the same event. The Donald yeah, yeah, Trump. Yeah, yeah. Because wait, rewind on that. Because Star and Donald Trump were friends. Star's they ex-wife. were friends. Mm-hmm, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So I used to hang out with them. Man, I I played golf in Malargo. I've gone hung out there on the beach. I've flown on private planes. With Donald, I I thought he was a cool guy. Donald Trump was very supportive of the, you know, black talent in Hollywood, sports entertainment. He had very close friends that were men, black men of color and women of color. He was 
at that time a cool dude. But it goes to show you when there's a shift in power, how a person's true colors come out, right? And I feel like when he became the president, he really showed who he really was. It gave him the confidence to show who he really was. And I feel like his presidency gave white people confidence to show who they really were. I was telling a friend, when in this presidency, the way white people, or let's call it even the majority if you don't want to say white people, white, the, what I'm going to say white people, the way white people got to say shit and feel like they had the right to do shit was at a whole new level during his presidency. That's where the birth of the Karens came about in a more aggressive way. Because they knew that they could get on the phone and say, a black man is bothering me. And they would get the result that they wanted or needed immediately. Right? Right, right, right. That's crazy, too. I'm just thinking about it. You, you know, were friends or had a relationship with Donald Trump, you know, mm -hmm. that lasted some years. And now you're mm -hmm. on a network with, in a show with Claudia Jordan, who also have had a relationship and a friendship mm -hmm. with uh, Donald Trump. A friendship, not, not a relationship. I don't want the listeners mm -hmm. to think anything uh, more, but had a friendship with Donald Trump. And it just kind of shows how small, you know, those circles are in the industry. And you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. how... Yeah, how 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 crazy is it that you know you you were friends with Donald Trump and now you're on a show with Claudia Jordan who was also friends with Donald Trump? You know yeah, what I mean? Do you her, and her have her, same the same experiences with him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we talk about it on a regular basis. Uh, you know, obviously because we talk a lot now. But her, you know, her introduction to Donald Trump was during the pageant world because he purchased the pageant. You know, she was a pageant girl. Um, who ran for Miss America, who has judged, you know, worked with the pageant for many years. He hired her to actually to work on the pageant. Um, and she's she's been in his intimate space and hung out with him, too, personally. And, and she you know, enjoyed on, um, Celebrity Apprentice, too. She was on Celebrity Apprentice as well. That's right. And wow. she said after, she said that the, the, the debacle for her was when he started attacking President Obama and um, questioning his citizenship. And she said when he did that, she said she stopped returning his phone calls because he has called her to participate with the pageant stuff. And she was like, you know what? I, I have a problem with, with your philosophy on our first black president. I have to stand for something, and this ain't it. So, Shout out to Claudia for standing her ground. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Foxhole and TGIF, how bro. how did that come about, bro? That is, if you want to, if you want to talk about something so generic that kind of just worked, and you've worked in television for a long time, sometimes the craziest scenarios end up being some of the best content. Right. So let me tell you how this. <laughs> let me. I, I promise you, it, it is just this is it, this is weird. This is exactly 100% how it happened. Claudia called me and said, are you going to Cynthia's wedding? I was like, yeah, I'm going. She's like, when are you getting in? I was like, I get in Friday. She got there Thursday, I think. And she was like, uh, I said, I'm getting in Friday. She said, okay, cool. You know. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's connect when you're there. Got there Friday. She said, I'm going to pick you up to go to the funeral. Um, Gary T is going to give us a ride. They picked me up. We rode to the wedding. I mean, we rode, we had to drive an hour outside the city. And so in that hour car ride, it was like a comedy show between Gary. I was, I was talking shit. Claudia was talking shit. Gary was talking shit. We got to the wedding. When we got in there, it was completely hilarious of how everything was set up and funky Dineva happened to be a guest that she and he had been talking back and forth about their, his appearance on Fox soul before. And so she was like, you know what, let's all go have a drink while we're waiting for the wedding to start. So we sitting over in the corner and we're talking and we're just bantering back and forth. And I didn't think anything of it. I walked off because I was speaking to other people. And so the wedding was Saturday. On Monday, she said, hey, I want you to be on the show on Friday. And I was like, okay, cool. We're going to talk about the wedding. And I was like, okay, cool. So Wednesday rolls around. She was like, hey, we're changing the show from you being on the show Friday. It's going to be a panel of you guys who were at the wedding. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Because you know, I was like, who who's going to be on this panel? <laughs> So she said, it's right. going to be you, Funky Dineva, and Gary Dutee. So, Sean, you know me. I'm like, mm, who, what? Like, who? <laughs> like, mm -mm, I'm not trying to be, like, I, first of all, I, 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 it was awkward for me. So, right. I was like, but she was like, Al, can you just, 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 I was like, okay, you know what? I said, I'm going to try something different. And so we did it. 
we had such a fun time doing it. When we got off the air at 10 o'clock, they had a program that can y'all get them back on the line on the Zoom before we were, you know, before we were signing off and everything. He was like, hey, guys, like, that was really good. Will you guys do it again next week? And we were like, uh, look, that was a freebie. <laughs> like, you got that, right? You got that as a guest. Like, what we want you to talk about? Do it again next week. Does that come with it? In my head, this is what I'm saying. So I was like, hmm, does that come with a check? No, I'm kidding. So then he was like, yeah, we'll pay for you guys to come back next week. So we came back next week and uh, it was just once again, the, the chemistry was there, how it flowed was there, and the audience loved it. Uh, the viewers, Fox Soul viewers loved it. And there you have it. That's how it started. That's how it was created. Claudia Jordan was the mastermind behind it all. And here we are today. We just signed a um, six-month deal, six deal with them, and I'm very excited about it. It's pretty dope, man. I like hearing it, organic stories like that. And I like seeing you in that space. We've seen you on TV over the years. You were, what, on Basketball Wives? You, yeah. You've done some. What, what, <laughs> I think what all have you done in the media? So in front of the I, camera. People don't know this, but I used to be on Fox American Nightly Scoreboard. I used to be on Fox Business. America's Nightly Scoreboard. I did that, which was financial talk. Um, and then, you know, after my divorce, I did Basketball Wise. I did T.O.'s show. I did Nene, been on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, I did a TV. I was on TV One, uh, Life After. I've done some stuff, but it's always been super passive because, as you know, in entertainment, they always want to explore what you're known for. And I never felt comfortable for what people kind of, quote, you know, labeled me for. Like, you know, this this gay guy who kind of hustled this this woman and took her for, you know, run for her money or whatever. That really was 100% not me. So everything that was presented to me in a content space was around that. And it never right. was comfortable for me. So that's why you already saw me, like, do an appearance here or there for a friend. And I never really jumped full in because it wasn't a true representation of me and how I wanted to show up to America or show up to the world because I always felt that it was misinterpreted. So this would be, if I could say who the real Al Reynolds is, which is my social media, my IG tag name, the real Al Reynolds. How funny is that? Um, This is... You get to see me in my true form. You get to see me in smart talk space combined with comedy and pop culture and, and exploring the influence of pop culture. And that's kind of who I am because, A, I'm a Gemini. So there's a part of me that is extremely smart, focused, business-oriented, all about my money. And then there's a part of me that is just 100% polar to opposite. I'm fun. I abuse so, you know, I, I, I'm i a comedian. I love to have fun. I don't get, have a worry in the world. I do things that I probably shouldn't do. And I just ride life. I ride through life without a seatbelt. So this platform and this show gives me the opportunity to kind of reveal or unveil who the real me is. Yeah, I feel that because I've always known that side of you over the years. So it is refreshing for 
you know, the world to be able to experience that as well. I asked you this privately the other day about the Star Jones thing and if that bothered mm-hmm. you. And I like your Hell response. No. no, it doesn't bother <laughs> me. No, why would, why would it? See, the deal is everyone, you didn't get to know me during that time because I was very quiet and I never said anything. Right. Right. The truth is, this is, and I keep saying this now, I'm very comfortable to say this before I wasn't comfortable. Now I'm very comfortable to say this. But anybody who knows my ex-wife, I was not the first bisexual man that she was involved with. Okay. I was not the first bisexual man she was involved with. The guy that she was engaged with before she met me was a bisexual man. He came out shortly after she got married as gay. So I'm not the first bisexual man that she was involved with. Some women like it. There are tons of bisexual men. There are tons of gay men that that foster and nurture heterosexual relationships with women. I wasn't the first, not gonna be the last. So that's where that is with that. So wait, huh? she knew you were bisexual? I went to my ex wife and I said, remember at that time she was Probably besides Oprah, probably one of the largest black women entertainers in the business. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Star Jones to, was. Yeah, yeah, talk, she, she was, was. She was a household name. She was on. <laughs> that's right. She was on ABC. That that exactly. So I knew that if I was going to rock with her, I had to be one hundred percent transparent with her, and I was. There was no reason for me to not be transparent. I sat down and I told her I had at that time, my experience was very limited, but I told her what my experience had been up to that point. And for me, at that time, I was 30. The fuck? I was a young kid, right? Like I, I, I dated women up to her. You know, I, you know, it is, it was what it was. I said in my mind, mentally, if I decide that this is who I'm going to be with, it didn't matter what was it a man or a woman. If I decided that's who I was going to be with and that's who I was going to marry, that's who I was going to honor. That was who I was going to love. So she had given 10 years to build herself to that point. I wasn't going to jeopardize that with lying to her. You know what I mean? I was going to be right. forthright and very honest because we had more than just that to deal with. You know, she was a 310 pound woman. Um, that turned into a hundred and forty pound woman. So that was the least of our worries. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying. But that's the past, and you know, as I told you privately, like I asked you, and you gave me an honest answer. And I don't think that people asking you about her in interviews or when you do media, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Oh, no, it so, never, that was my introduction. That my introduction will always be that. What I can do, though, is I can offer up a different narrative. And that's what I'm having fun doing. And that's what I plan on doing in 2021. I did want to add this part in there. And I am loving this new generation of millennials who are just like, you don't define, you're not putting me in a box. See, I come from that right. generation where I'm in my late 40s. I came in that generation where you did, you, at least for me, I was from, you know, my mother's a Southern Baptist. You, you, alternative lifestyles, you were either heterosexual or your ass was gay. That was the only two options. There were no in-between. There was no trans. 
It was no cis. It was no, no. It wasn't all of this. It wasn't no bisexual. If you mess with the same sex, you were gay. If you mess with a different sex, you were straight. That was there was no gray, right? Right. I am enjoying this new generation that's forcing us to understand that there are different parts of the spectrum between straight and gay, and there's a lot in between. There's some people that are straight that are curious. There's some people that are gay that used to be straight. There are some that are gay that, that are women, want to be men now. There are men that want to be women. There's some that want their body parts. There's, there is many, 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 many layers. There are many, many colors, <laughs> and there are many, many labels, if you would, that define a person's sexuality. In that. And I'm, I'm enjoying that because it's because of this newfound celebration that i have finally started to feel comfortable about who i am and that's an amazing journey and i would definitely say you have been a trailblazer a part of that movement <laughs> because you know you you're doing your thing and you that was a big story when i guess you came out or the media got some juice about bisexuality or gay you know that was a headline you know, before it was accepted and before people were comfortable with it and before people didn't care. You know what I mean? So that's right. definitely was a trailblazer on that and you need to get paid for it. <laughs> and I that's know, what we're right? trying to do, right? No. Hey, right. Always. <laughs> but Always. but it's, it is it is interesting that, you know, Star Jones was known for, you know, she was on a view, um, a reporter. She's a lawyer, but you know, uh -huh. she done she done her thing in journalism. And here you are in 2021 with a new show on Fox Soul with a lot of things in the work that we're going to get to, too. So it's kind of crazy that, you know, that you are now in the space that she, she kind of. Yeah, 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 from. definitely. Yeah. With someone that she, <laughs> you know, because was her and Claudia Jordan on The Apprentice together at the same time? That's a good question. Now, I think. No, they what weren't. They weren't. They no, weren't. what I think what you're trying to get at here, if I'm not mistaken, is Nene Leakes and I are really good friends now. Okay. We've been friends. I've been friends with the Leak family for over 12 years. So, and she, she and I, our, our relationship has blossomed, um, and it it took a turn for the better after she was on Celebrity Apprentice with my ex because she really got a front seat to who the other side of star could be and she obviously as you know was very vocal about exposing her true side so i think that's where you were getting at with it's, it's now nini and i are really 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 good friends and um it was off the back of her having a you know obviously dispute or unsettling moments with my ex-wife yeah Right, right, right. And listeners, Claudia Jordan and Star Jones weren't on the same season of The Apprentice. Toya Jackson, Nene, Richard Hatch, Hope, hey, David what's the Cassidy, guy, the Jose Conseco, Lil John, Gary Busey. Lil John. Yeah. yeah was, Lisa Renner was on there, Nikki Taylor, Dionne Ward, yeah. and Meatloaf. So, yeah, she was on a, on a, on a hefty, hefty cast on the show. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's interesting. Do you still talk to Star? Yeah, we we're not on the phone checking up on each other every day or every week or every month, but 
you know, we try to stay in communication when something's going on in her life. Like when my mother passed, she called, you know, she prayed over my mother in her last hours in front of the family. Her, my, my mother and her had a very strong relationship. When her mother passed, she had a very challenging year, not this past year, not 2019, but 2018. She lost our dog that we got together. She lost her grandmother and she lost her mother. When she lost them, you know, I, I knew how all three of them were very important for her. And, you know, we communicated. I would tell her I'm sorry, stuff like that. And when she got married, I sent her congratulations. So it's not like I'm sitting over in a corner, like throwing darts at her or anything like that. But I'm also not sitting in the corner waiting to call her. But I feel like anybody that's gone through a divorce, I don't have kids with her. So I'm not forced to kind of have that constant relationship. You're right. like, that was a time in my life. It was meant to be. It was. And now I'm moving on and forward, you know? That's good, man. That's good. It's positive, too. A lot of people could learn from that because yeah. unbeknownst to me, you know, or the listener, because I knew that you guys are still cool or whatever, but people would think that, you know, divorce, you know, coming out, you know, media slander and tabloid, they definitely hate each other. So (laughs) reveal that, you know, you guys are, you know, still on speaking terms is definitely positive. We need to see more of that. Don't get me wrong. Now, I've had my days where I've thrown darts at a picture now. That's dead ass. But no, I at least I know 100 percent from my side. I don't I don't hold any ill feelings for her. Um, And I only definitely have always wanted the best for her and I've wanted her to get healthy and I wanted her to get well and I wanted her to be happy. So that's what it is. Good to hear, man. It's good to hear. Back to Fox Solo. What do you want to develop out of that? Do you think that that is going to extend the six month contract and turn into something else? I know what's going on behind the scenes. The listeners don't, but what can you reveal? You know everything, don't you? you? Like, like, you know everything. Like, geez, how you know everything? Um, I, I am enjoying James uh, Dubois over there. He's had a program, and I am really hoping that he and I can expand uh, my working relationship with Fox Soul. And I'm excited because I, I really hope that 2021 is going to reveal some more fun property content with me involved in this. So I'm really looking forward to doing more with Fox Soul. I'm also looking forward to opening myself up now to do more just across multi, you know, content creation, multiple content creation platforms. So whether it's digital, whether it's streaming, whether it's television, whether it's radio, um, I see, foresee some of that coming down the pipe. Right. And I'm assuming that expanding the Al Reynolds brand as a, a personality or just expanding the Al Reynolds brand for 2021 is one of the resolutions for the new year. Am I correct? Oh, definitely. For sure. For sure. Um, And I think it's, I think it's, I think it's going to be very interesting to kind of see me kind of, you know, walk into my truth more and to see me stride in my truth more in 2021. So you're going to see a lot of different, things involving me pop up and um i'm i'm excited 
I just don't know to what extent I can talk about it right now, but I, I do want your listeners to know. And of course, you already know, like there's some stuff in the making. So one of the things that I do professionally that I've been doing professionally for two decades is I help people solve problems, their business problems, as well as just their issues that are that are blocking them from being their best self, especially when it comes to their business and their brand. There is going to be some content out there where people are going to be able to take my 20 years of expertise to ask me how they would handle certain things. And I'm going to be able to shed light, if not some type of advice, if you would, um, and helping them overcome whatever it is that they have as their challenge. So with that being said, now you can. <laughs> Let me roll into this. It says. I'm it says, Dear Sean, for all intents and purposes, Dear Al, we did it, Joe. Okay. We did it. Biden has won and will be our new president in the next few weeks. However, my husband and his family still have Trump 2020 paraphernalia up and decals on our cars. I never was a Trump supporter, but I allowed my husband to have his beliefs even when I didn't agree. Our differences is what attracted me or oh, attracted us to each other. So I think I don't know why all this Trump talk him and his family are doing didn't bother me. But now it does. Trump lost fair and square. But now it's like my husband and his family are trying to send a message to me and it is bothering me, making me uncomfortable. Should I address my husband and his family and how should I address them? Or should I just leave it alone and hopefully things will fizzle out? P.S. This what she signs. She goes, yes, wait, P.S. Yes, I am a black woman from the Bay Area. And yes, I did fall in love and marry a white man from Orange County. What do you have to say to that, Al? That there's a motherfucking problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> she married a white man from Orange County, though. Um, okay. This is interesting, isn't it? Oh, there's so many layers to this. Okay. Which part, where do you want us to go with this first? You want you want my gut? You want my truth? Or do you want I my... Want, I want, you I want, want your my, gut. Okay, so this is my gut. The thing that struck me the most, the, the, the line that hit me the hardest was, go back to that line where she said, um, I don't know what they're trying to do, send her a message or something. Read that line one more time, Sean. Something about her, his, his family's trying to send her a message. Okay, it says, Trump lost fair and square, but now it's like my husband and his family are trying to send a message to me, and it's bothering me. Wow. Definitely are trying to send her a message. <laughs> right. What so that that message is basically like we're white privileged and this is how I tell me what you think the message is right there. You know, I don't know her financial status. Her name is I don't know your financial status. I don't know, you know, if there's a benefit of him marrying you, but they definitely are sending a message letting you know that, you know, you married into this family. You're you're still a nigger. <laughs> right, and, right. And I, we're you know, white and we have a privilege. And this is our privilege allows us to behave and support who to, who we want. And this guy represents to us. To me, tr the Trump administration, like, like you said, represents the new branding of the conservative flag. But I always felt that the Trump administration represent to white people that Get this black president out of here. He's been here eight years. He took he 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 took our country, and now we're taking it back because we are the true 
you know, leaders. We're the true uh, privileged individuals. That's how the Trump administration represents to me. Okay, this is advice that I would give to her because now I got to come back because we we could dissect that all day. Number one, that's your husband. When he married you, he took a vow to protect you, to love you, and provide for you. This is between you and your husband, not you, your husband, and his family. He needs, you need to sit down with your husband and have a one-on-one with your husband and talk about how uncomfortable not only his family is making you feel, but how uncomfortable he is making you feel in your marriage. And you didn't sign up for that. After you have that conversation, your husband needs to address his family that's making you uncomfortable because you are the woman of the household. You are his wife and he's supposed to protect protect you, provide for you, and love you at, at all times. That's number one. That would be my advice right. to her. You, This is you and your husband's uh, issue, not you and your husband and your family. Your husband needs to check his family. As soon as I read this and, you know, I was like, get out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, <laughs> there was just nothing to it, you know? Obviously, you know, you guys don't have the same beliefs. Obviously, you know, his family is upholding and they want you to know that they're upholding white supremacy and they're throwing it That's in your right. face. Right. You know, it's not political anymore. The man is not the president. He didn't win the election. So why do they still have the Trump? Because they don't have up- to. They don't have right. to. That's right. They don't have to hide anymore how they really feel about where they believe they stand in the hierarchy of the American in the American culture. Right. She, they got to always feel like they're superior to you. sweetheart. you, you, you are not on their level is what they're trying to, you know, subliminally let her know. So, yeah, I never want I never want people to to go through a divorce. But this seems to me to be a wake up call to her to really think about uh, her marriage and what. That whole Trump support, family support and mean. What are they actually saying? Like yeah, I, you thought you thought you were different. You thought that they were different. Now you're seeing who they really are and they're treating you how they really feel. And so this is time for you to take a gut check and say, Wow, is this really what I signed up for? Right, right, right. And you know, sooner than later, you know, it's gonna get worse, you know what I mean? So yeah. just get out, you know divorce i don't know the ins and outs of the marriage you can't I don't tell know. them to get out or you can't tell <laughs> no, them to get, out. get out <laughs> get out like, Charlene. Like or, or, you know <laughs> have, have the conversation you know if you if you want to have a conversation with your husband and his family have the conversation but for them to still be doing this in 2021 you know this man lost it's be a problem. and you're not you're not comfortable she's not comfortable this is only gonna right. balloon to something bigger but Sean, think about it. She's from the Bay, and he's from Orange County. Does she really? Does she really know, or has she been recently reminded that she's black? Hmm. Something to think about. There are a lot of black women out here that don't feel like they're different, and they're not, you know, the quote the typical black woman. 
especially the ones that kind of end up in these biracial situations. And now she's being reminded that she's black. And now she don't like it. Because before, she thought she was the cool black, <laughs> not really black woman in the world. How many of us know those? How many we of us work of with them. those? We know a lot of them where they're like, uh, I'm black, but you know, I'm not like the, I'm not like your typical black person. And white people are like, oh, I love pool. She's not like the rest. That's what she's used to. This Trump situation has taught her, has, they've checked her ass like, oh, yeah, Charlotte, you thought you were different. Nah, baby, because at the end of the day, we see your skin color. You're still a nigger. So your final advice is to what? Talk to your damn husband. Let him know that you don't like the fact that she thinks you're black anymore. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, my final advice no, seriously, this is something that she's got to go deep, deep, deep within herself and say, hey, is it worth feeling like this and do i want to stay in it and if it's not that ain't going away they not change so the fact that they're not changing is it something you're going to deal with or are you going to get your ass and kind of figure out your exit strategy you know what i'm saying so get out my that's, advice that's to her is talk to your husband see see what the real if he's not willing to understand your feelings and if he's not willing to check his family then, yeah, you probably need to figure out where you're going to land because this ain't, this don't look like it's going to be anywhere positive. I agree. My my final advice, and shout out, thank you for listening to, and thank you for, you know, putting your advice in <laughs> Sean and Al's hands, but get out. That's, that's just, <laughs> get out. <laughs> Al, what do black people need to do as soon as possible? <laughs> Get the vaccine. <laughs> okay, let me stop. Let me focus. Let me get no, 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 no. Let's there. leave it there. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Right, so get the vaccine. Black people, what, what black people need to do as soon as possible. Black people, as soon as possible, need to get more involved in the political process, whether it is on a national level, a state level, local level, or a community level. That's what black people need to do. Black people need to stand in their true power and their true influence. We've seen how that rolls out, right? What is the woman, Stacey Abrams, yes. So this is an example of what we as the Black people in the Black community need to do. The Black community also needs to understand that there's more than sports and entertainment that drives this economy and drives influence in America. I agree with that. I agree with that. And where can our listeners find you? Absolutely. So everybody out there listening to ASFP, please take Hour out of your week. I am on Fox Soul. I'm on the new show T E T G I F, which is on Friday nights at 9 p.m. I can say to you, I promise you, if you just stop by one time, make you a nice drink, a uh, roll of fatty if you're into that, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, and give us a listen. I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. You're going to enjoy it. So you can catch me on Fox Soul every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also, I'm not big on social media. I do have Facebook. I do um, have Twitter, but both of them have been hacked. So I really don't play with that as much. I'm going to revamp those in 2021. But you can catch me on IG, which that's been hacked too. But I do participate on IG more now. And my handle is the 
T-H-E period real R-E-A-L period Al A-L period Reynolds R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. Um, so and I'm open. I communicate with everyone. If you uh, reach out to me, I 100% respond to everybody. We actually need you guys to hit him up, ask Al for advice, ask him for suggestions, because this goes into a project that we have in the works. <laughs> Definitely hit him up on social media. And again, I'm Sean yeah. Allen Live everywhere. Thank you for tapping into ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast. If you're listening on Apple, Again, make sure you subscribe, five-star rating, and write a review. And listeners on every other platform, hit that follow, subscribe button. See you guys on the next one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.